You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. For those of you that were walking in expecting Aaron Pratt to continue on with his series, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I couldn't get him to continue. I thought, you know, Aaron, you were on such a roll. You were trying to squeeze everything in at the last minute. Don't you need a couple of more weeks? Because I'm somewhat at a disadvantage because when we started this series, I had kind of picked the months that I wanted to do. And the other guys didn't realize it, but when I picked September and March, March was when pastors normally gone. So typically we get a couple of extra speakers that come in, so I get the short month. You know, unfortunately he's not going this year, so you may get stuck with me for all for the entire month. So uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, I guess the other thing is before I start is, and the guys that teach know, when you start to work on a on a series or on a lesson plan. It's a couple of months out, and you just never know where pastor's going to go. And I've been sitting back there sweating bullets because he's been kind of right around that edge of where I thought the Lord wanted me to go. Luckily, he kind of addressed some of it, but not too much of it. So uh, unlike Aaron, I'm going to probably just make enough time, so I'd probably get you out on time. So, All right, Uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, please. Also, if you didn't notice, I have the special music stand that has the lock on it, so my mind won't be going up and down, so oh, it's going to be pretty nice. So, All right, Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 11 through 23 is where we're going to start our reading. So it says, In whom also have we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that we heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which in the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and the love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks, <clears throat> excuse me, for your making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know that this is the hope of his calling, of what the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is it, the, this exceeding greatness of his power to, up to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wroth in Christ, which he raised him from the dead, and set him on his own right hand in, heaven place, in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and that he that put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house this this morning. Father, pray for the teachers first, Lord, as they bring forth your word uh, to their classes. Father, just pray that you use me as a vessel, Lord, that uh, it's not of me, Lord, but all of you that Father brings this forward. Lord, I pray that there be a blessing gained from what you have for us this morning. We thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. So, I want to start off with this question. Why? It's that it's that little question that gets asked that we somewhat take for granted. Those of us that have children have always gone through that part where they go through that stage in their life where it's, well, why is this? Why is that? I don't know. Go ask your mother. She'll answer your questions. But yet, that continues to happen. It's an inquisitive mind. It's, it's us as humans wanting to have an understanding of what's around us of the situations that we're into, it's explaining me what it is. Now, is it for our comfort? Is it for our knowledge? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, it's for what cause? We're looking for a reason. And, and I think in most cases, as adults, we're looking for a purpose. We think everything has to happen for a purpose, and sometimes we often forget what the end purpose is. It's a question that's asked, when we don't understand. Um, I was hesitant, really, to, to kind of go forward with this based on all the recent events that are going on. Um, a lot of the, the mass shootings that have been going on, people are asking why. Why is this happening? Why is this happening now? And they're valid questions, but you know, the reason they're asking is they want to understand, is there a purpose behind it? Who's behind all of this? It's not the guns, it's the people. It's the hearts of the people that are doing these kind of things. But they focus not on that. But it's not only that, but look at our own lives. You know, why did I order that for dinner at the restaurant? I don't like that. Or I ate it, and I'm paying for it now. Why, you know, why would I be so crazy to order this? Um, you know, Matt talking about Mexico. I was in Mexico a couple weeks ago, and... We're setting their ordering, and, and I don't speak any Spanish. And the restaurant staff spoke very little English. We had some guys with us that spoke both. But kind of we were guessing as we were ordering. And, and they brought things in front of us, and it was like, well, let's, this looks okay. Let's give it a shot. Unfortunately, we paid for it later. So it was, why did I just not be safe like I needed to? And, I mean, there's some guidelines, you know, you don't need anything that's washed. You know, you don't eat anything that's raw, that's like a vegetable. Stay away from salads. You don't eat anything that's cooked. I know those things, but it was kind of like, oh, let's try it. Maybe I'll be okay. You know, why did I do that? <laughs> I was nuts at the time. Um, you know, why do I make a decision I make? You know, I had, yesterday I was coming back from Detroit, and I get, do I go 94 or do I go 96? Started to go 94 because I thought it'd be the grass way, and then all of a sudden I saw the traffic. Nope, that's not the way to go, so I go 96. But I've made that choice where I've gone the wrong way, stuck in traffic, and go, why don't I just stay the way that my GPS told me to go to begin with? So I, we're, we're always doing that, you know. So it's not always the, the, tough and, the tough and bad questions and decisions that we make, but it's sometimes just the simple ones that we're often questioning why. And as our kids could come to us as parents, where do we go for adults? Well, the obvious answer is we need to go to the Lord. 
The Lord's our Heavenly Father. In verse 17, it says, The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto him the spirit of wisdom and the revelation to the knowledge of him. That's our conduit. That's where we need to go to understand why. But with that comes some general guidelines to understand that where we as parents would give direction to try to answer those questions would be basically our own, our own thoughts or our own background or our own experiences. For God, he's a creator and control of everything. I mean, where else, what better place to go for direction and answer but to the Lord? But with that also knows that God is accountable only to himself. That God doesn't have to answer our questions. It would be nice that if, if everything that happened, we could just go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, why did this happen? And we get an answer. Sometimes, I bet, well, if we got the answer that we were supposed to get, we wouldn't be real happy with the answer. It's just that's where we have to live by faith to understand that God is in control, and that's how we're going to. God never is required to give us an explanation to anyone, to ourselves, of what happens. Again, you know, it's we want to know because we want to have that reasoning so that we want to feel better about the decisions that we made or better about the circumstances that we're in or better about why things have happened because that's what we want. That's what our flesh needs is some kind of rationale. Again, we may not want that rationale once it's there, but that's what we want. But God knows everything. He knows if we need to know. I think, you know, from our own lives, if we look, when things have happened, and the answer's been there, and we know that was the right decision for us to make. I think God really tells us that in that, that peace that we get. It's when we don't have that peace because we're still, from a human aspect, from our nature, doesn't give us that comfort factor of where we're supposed to be is why we continue to question. As we just read, we have an inheritance in Christ. We've been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. You know, we think we're in control of our lives. We really do. I, you know, as, as we grow up and as we, as we mature in our lives, we think we're in control. I'm going to make those right decisions. Here comes the opening. I'm, gonna, I'm either going to go or not. We think we know what's best for us. You know, those of us that have older children have seen that when they take that mindset to go, yeah, I know what's best for me, and we're going like, oh, my gosh. Watch out. Here it comes. We were just talking about it with Noah and Aaron. And, I, you know, Aaron's trying to give Noah some advice. And I said, you know, Aaron, you know, you've made some of those decisions, and they haven't worked out well for you. And Aaron tried to show Noah, well, don't do as I do. Learn from my mistakes. Well, that's what we try to do as parents. We've all been through there. We've all experienced things in our lives that we look back and go, wow, what were we thinking? Again, why did we do what we did? And we hope to give some of that comfort and some of that direction to our children or to those around us so that they don't make those same mistakes that we did. Sometimes they have to make those mistakes because that's the only way they're going to learn. We know our kid, you know, it's, it, again, this is something that isn't new to all of us. I mean, it's the, the comment of the kid touching the stove. We know it's going to be hot. Don't do it. Don't do it. They still got to touch the stove to make sure that it's hot. 
we told you. You know, some of you that have more sympathy than I do would probably coddle, and I'm like going, I'd be the guy going, I told you, Eli, don't touch it. But, you know, that's how it goes. And, that's an, and I think that's how God looks at us sometimes. Sometimes he gives us his word, he gives us our boundaries, he gives us our direction, and yet it's there. I mean, there's nothing that's, that we face that's not addressed in the word. And then if we would just take time to search things out, take time to reach for godly counsel, we talked about this before as well, and if we did that ahead of time, we would save us all a ton of problems. But we often go, I know what's best for me. I know what the decisions are. I don't need anybody's direction, and we get ourselves in problems. Again, we go back to 18 through 23. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know that our hope is of his calling, of what the riches and glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which when he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and sent him to his own right hand in the heaven places, far above our principalities and power and might and dominion over every name that is named, not only in this world, but also which is to come. And he that put all things under his feet gave him to be the head over all things, which is the body, the fullness of him that fills us all. God's in control. In everything that we face, in everything that we live through, God is in control. I mean, if we thought, if, if you've ever read, if, if, if you read books, um, sometimes somebody jumps to the end because they've read a large portion of it and they're, they're getting bored with it or whatever. I read some Tom Clancy books every now and then, and they're thick books, at least before I started downloading them onto my tablet. But, you know, there were cases where it would take me six months to read a book, and I'm like, you know what, I don't have any more time. I'm going to the end. You know, it would be sometimes nice that if we could understand what's going to happen at the end game, but that spoils it all. You know, it's the journey that helps us become who we are. It's not where we're going to end up. It's the path as we move forward. Again, stuff that we haven't, that we've heard before. God is sovereign. Sovereign is defined as one possessing or held to possess supreme power. Well, I don't have supreme power, you know. None of us do. It's all in God. And why wouldn't we turn to God for direction? Why wouldn't we just understand that no matter what we need to do, what decisions we have to make, what circumstances come our way, that God is in, in control? Now, we look at some of the bad things happen and go, why, God, did you allow this to happen? You know, those that have been sick with cancer, those that have had other issues, you know, those that have had death in the family. You know, we look back at those times and go, why? Why, God? Why did you put me through this? Why did you allow this to happen? Well, again, God knows what's going to happen. Sometimes it happens for us to grow. And again, this is where I said this, I'm kind of cuspus to what pastor's been talking about over trials and, and, and the storms that, we, that we've mentioned. It's because we're going to go through those. You know, as pastors, again, I'm referring to a lot of some of the stuff that he said because it ties in so well. It's, it's that pressure that really tells us who we're going to be. It's really going to help define what kind of person we are. You know, they talk about character is defined as how you act when nobody's looking. 
I mean, it's easy to put on that front. It's easy to put on that face when the pressure's on. But when we're by ourselves or, you know, we're not in the public eye, how we respond. And that's coming back to the point that understanding that everything that happens is under God's will. God's in control of all our lives, believe it or not. God has everything that happens to us for a reason. And we forget that, and, and, and we'll talk about this as we go along. But the reason that is is because we take our focus off him and put it on us. You know, again, Pastor refer, referenced the story of Peter. When Peter stepped out of that boat to walk on the water, he walked on water. We forget that part of it. All we think of is he started to sink. Well, he was there. He was doing it. But what was the difference? His focus was on the Lord. As soon as he started to look at what was going on around him, he started to sink. And it's the same thing in our lives. As long as we keep God in our focus, God in our line, we'll be all right. The problem is, and we all, right here, I'm just as guilty. We take our focus off the Lord. We begin to look at other things. We begin to look at the people around us. We look at the things that are happening and go, oh me, what's going to happen now? Instead of going, God, how are you going to use this in our lives? Sovereign of God can be defined as his absolute right to do things according to his own good pleasure. Now, that's a whole different mindset for us to believe in. You know, it's the fact that, you know, and I'm going to try to put this in an analogy that may make sense. He's sitting there at a giant chessboard. And let's move this piece here. Let's move this piece here. I know that's simplified and it's probably not biblical, but that's my mindset. I've been explaining to a couple of people over the last couple of days, I'm a simple-minded individual. I, I, some, sometimes we complicate things too much with, with too many things. Let's just lay it out on the table and let's try to identify what it is. And that's the way it is. You know, God does everything because he has a purpose. He's predestinated our lives at the beginning of time. He knew what every, what every one of us were going to do, what every one of us, the decisions we were going to make, he's known that since the beginning. And that's hard for us to grasp because it's new to us. It's here it comes. I got to make this decision what am I going to do instead of realizing that he already knows? So let's go to him to get direction. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Start through verse 11. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double of all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed unto all flesh, shall see into together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All the goodliness thereof is as a flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flow, is, the flow fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass wherewith the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, Zion that bringeth good tidings, set thee upon the high mountain. 
O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid, for say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And he shall fleet his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with the young. People of Israel face tough times just like we do. I mean, like I said, everything we face, everything that we're going to face, has already been addressed. So Israel is in the same boat. They're ready to have to be trodden on because of their sin. There are three truths about God that are given here, though, to encourage the people. One, we're mortal. We're, if we're finite creatures. As defined that we live in verse 6, that we live temporal lives. I mean, we're like the grass. You know, we don't see it now, but in the summertime... When it's raining and we've got regular, your lawns are watered, have very, very nice lawns. We go through a drought, stuff burns up in a hurry, and it dies. Just like us. We're just like that grass. We're here for a very, very short time. You know, part of, again, <clears throat> which, what I struggled with as part of bringing this has been some of the deaths of, of young people around today. Not only the things that have happened in Florida, um, a guy that I work with, a friend of his, his wife's daughter at 21, committed suicide. Uh, a, another, actually a wrestler that I know from over in the, on the east side, was working on his car. Jack slipped, car landed on him, was killed. You know, it's, I'm to that age. I'm not, although I'm being reminded more and more that I'm one of the old guys now, that Anytime I start to look back and see young people, their lives being taken from them, it's, it's just so disheartening because you know what's there. You know what could have been ahead for them. But it's, again, trying to understand, again, from a, from a human standpoint, why. Why were their lives robbed from them? God had an answer. God's in control. There's a reason for all that to be there. Our lives could be gone like that. We are limited compared to God. I mean, God created the universe. What have we done? You know, I mean, we think that we're pretty good. We think a lot of how good we are. But when you compare it to what God's in control of, it's minuscule. Our humanity is pointing to our sin. I mean, again, look at, look at your lives. I'll look at mine, you know, and that's, there are areas that you struggle with. There are areas of sin that we deal with on a constant basis. God doesn't deal with that. God's perfect. And that's why we, have, we can have the faith and trust in him that he will has control. And that things are being done for his will and his purpose. We don't understand it, though, but it's coming along. Second, the second point through here is that God is in control. In verse 12 through 14, and we hadn't got to there yet. I guess we'll go there now. It said, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth, in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales, and the hills and balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being counsel, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed, 
and taught him the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding what God did. God has control of everything. He is, he has perfect wisdom, perfect knowledge. We know that God has done everything for that reason. He's in control and watching over his creation. You know, it talks about as he being the shepherd and we are the, we are the sheep. God's there to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. He tells us that it provides our needs. But again, it's where we have that direction, where we want, we want. Our timing is not his timing sometimes. We're trying to rush ahead because we want stuff. It's not what God may want for us. You know? And then we often look at others and go, well, Bill Gates has all this stuff. He's got more money than all of us. Why is that fair? God has a direction. God has us here for a purpose. God is in control of all things. He is sustaining and keeps his creation. If he's in control, why does it sometimes seem otherwise? Maybe it's not God. Maybe it's us. You know, when we begin to look at everything that goes on and we go, where's God? Why has he left me? You know, there's an old poem about the footprints in the sand. And I'm not going to quote it exactly, but basically it's, you know, God, you walked along, Jesus, you walked along with me through the sand, but there were times where I only saw one set of footsteps. Where were you during that time? And the answer was, I was carrying you through those issues. I was carrying you through those troubled times. And we forget that God is there for us. That as much as we think that we are on our own, that we're nobody's there, it's at those times when we call out to God and we take our minds, our, self, our view off ourselves and back on the Lord where he's going to show his infinite wisdom. The last point here is that God is watching over his people and meets their needs. As I said, he cares for us like a shepherd. He makes sure that we're taken out to the field, that we're provided for, that we're brought in, and that if things do come our way, there's protection. As long as we stay in it, again, this goes back to Pastor's lesson of the other day about being under that authority. As long as we stay under that authority, we're protected. We stay inside its boundaries, we're protected. It's when we think we know better, we think we have a better idea, we know it's, we're smarter than what God is because we know this is the right direction. This is the right step I need to make. This is the right job I need to take. Yeah, it's going to take me to California and because the money looks good, but that's not the right move for me. Um, he's not in here so I can tell this story. Years ago, way back when, I was, I was, losing, I was, I was looking for a job different than what I had at AeroQuip because I was moving on. And I was going to take a job in Battle Creek, which I ended up taking. But when I told Pastor, he made this comment, well, are you moving? Well, we might think about it. He goes, you can't move. He said, if you move, I'm going to break your leg. You know, again, one of those joking half threats may be realistic. But, you know, it was... It was that point where I was, I was nervous enough to go, if he's, that, if he's that serious, maybe that's God's direction to go, don't make the move. Don't move 
take the job. So I was driving an hour every day back and forth to work, and it didn't take long for me to realize that was not the right job for me to take. Um, still, the Lord kept me there for a couple of more years, and, you know, again, to look back and go, yeah, because he was preparing me for where I would be today. I mean, it's easy when we look back to see those decisions, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But at the time, we think we're in a bad situation, but God is using it for good. Because as bad as that job was for me, and as much as I hated it, God was preparing me for down the road. So he's taking a bad decision that I made and going, well, we're going to still get some good out of it because I'm preparing you. Because he sees the long range, I don't. I think I see the long range, but my long range is not his long range. But back to the story. Had we moved, had I just gone with my gut and said, we're moving to the Battle Creek area, you know, where would we be spiritually today? Because where would I, would I have found a church? Would I have found, you know, the teaching that I needed? At the time where God had placed me under Pastor White's ministry and still here, that was where he wanted us to be. You know, again, we often go, well, what happens if we didn't enter? The what ifs, we'll never know. You know, what if Pastor had not come back after he left Napoleon to come back and minister to us? Where would we have been today? Doesn't matter. Because that's not what God had in plan. This today is what God had planned for us to be. Because he knows that. And that's where we have a tendency as Christians to take our focus off and to look where that needs to be. The Bible tells us that God stands against those who are proud. Let's turn to James chapter 4. James 4, 6 through 10. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. If we want to have and understand God's direction in our lives, if we want to go out and really put ourselves under God's authority, you have to be humble. Again, this is nothing that you haven't heard from that pulpit before. When pride gets in the way, we block God from being able to do, well, we think we block God. God has a difficult time in dealing with us because we need to fall and render unto him. And I may not be saying that right, but I think you get the gist where I'm headed. God wants to use us. God, it's easier for us to be used when we're humble and able to be directed by God. When we let our own direction get in the way, we may get to where God wants us to be, but the road's going to be a little bit more bumpy along the way. In James chapter 1, and we won't turn there because of time, but James chapter 1, 2 through 7 God is the one who gives every good thing that we have. Again, it's nothing of what we do. It's nothing because of a decision that we made. It's because that's what God has intended for you. You know, when you get that blessing, it's not because you've done something. 
it's because God has wanted you to have that. Without God, we are helpless, and we can accomplish nothing. Again, it's not of ourselves, but of God. 1 Peter 4.16 says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on on this behalf. It's through this suffering season of life that it's time to glorify God. So when those bumps do occur in the road, when we do end up having a circumstance where we're going, why, God, am I here? Realize that we're to glorify God in all that's said and done. Know that God makes no mistakes. And it's our unbelief that he is no longer there that makes things much harder. And I'll leave you with this thought. With all that goes around, with all the bad things that are happening, we have God on our side. And we as Christians know that we have God to make it through. Think about those that don't. That those that don't know the Lord, think of where they're at. Think of their hopelessness of of just pure unbelief, their pure loss, because they don't have that insurance in God that we do. So if anything that you walk out of today, the next time you see somebody in that dire straits and you're like going, where's your comfort? Take them to the Lord. Use that as an opportunity because maybe that's why God has them there for you to come along and help them out. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.